Welcome friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. Thank you for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you. I know God loves you and has a plan for your life. So listen to this live service and let God speak to you. Because we've been chosen, amen? That means truly not one of us is alone. We have a family. It's very important that we understand that. Deuteronomy 26, 18, and 19 says it like this. And the Lord has declared this day that you are his people, his treasured possession, as he promised, and that you are to keep all his commands. He has declared that he will set you in praise, fame, and honor high above the nations he has made, and that you will be a people holy to the Lord your God. As he promised. You see, there's not just one verse in the Bible where God talks about us being chosen. There's many verses. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who? Whosoever. That means all of us. He gave Jesus for all of us. Not just some of us. Not just the ones who are sitting in the church or listening on live stream. I'm so excited. Do you know, in this family of God at ICF Rome, we have people like the doctor in Michigan. Hey, Doc, I'm glad you're watching today. I hope you are. Someone who's told Pastor Rick, I've been watching the messages. Someone like the young lady in South Africa. Hey, beautiful, I'm glad you're watching because you belong to us. You're part of our family. These are amazing stories of real people that are coming in contact with the Word of God and being reminded that no matter what your address is, listen to me, some of us don't even know what our address is sometimes. Our address gets changed and we had no control over it. My address is heaven. My address is where my father lives. This is a place where we gather as a family. You could call it your tree. You could call it the dining room where we're going to feast around the table with the, with the Lord. Amen? So I want you to understand that we are all called to be those friends. Did you see that when one was chosen, how they cheered? And did you notice they're going to get bolder and bolder, but when one wasn't chosen, they also felt worried for their friend? They thought, oh my goodness, what, what is she feeling? What if we all had that feeling? Oh, wait, there's one. I saw him by himself. I, I love you. Fadzai, you know I love you. Agnes, you know I love you, but I talk to you every week. I got to get to that one that I haven't got to connect with yet. I'll talk to you later. Because we need to make those points of connection with each other. We must help each other. I want to ask you this morning, do you know the names of every person who's ever helped your family? You have a mother, father, sister, brother, wife, son, daughter, cousin. Do you know the names of all the people that have helped them? I bet you don't know the names of all of them. Maybe you didn't even give credit to some of those helpers. This morning, I wanted to mention a couple names to you and just see if any of you have heard about it. Did you ever hear of Eliashib? You can say, yeah, Pastor Jen, I did. How about the men of Tekoa? Huh? Hmm? Zakur? 
Did you ever hear of Zakur? No. Marmoth? Joeda? Nobody's saying anything. Malatia? How about Jadon? Uziel? Rephiah? Melchijah? How about Shalom's daughters? Do you know who Shalom's daughters are? Benwi? If you read Nehemiah chapter 3, you will find all these names and more of people who helped in building the temple with Nehemiah. You didn't know their names. You didn't remember their story. But remember, the Bible is God's holy word, inspired by holy men who wrote down, documented things that were happening, not just for that day as a history book, but for us, 2,000 years later, as a reminder that we're chosen by a God who knows our name. Amen? And so this morning, when you think about the people who helped. Now, if you know the story of Nehemiah, there were also some people who did not help. There was someone in Nehemiah's life called Sanballat. Reminds me of sandpaper. Do you know what sandpaper is? Like if you're trying to, you have wood and you want to paint the wood, but it's got rough edges and stuff. And you take that sandpaper and you scrub it really hard and it knocks all that off to make it smooth for new paint, right? But it hurts. And if you ever like accidentally sandpaper your hand, it peels off the skin. Sandballot was that kind of person in Nehemiah's life. Rough. Thinking he was all that when he wasn't. I don't want us to be like Sanballat. I don't want to say, oh, but Pastor Jen, you know, I'm the one that likes, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them tough love. I agree. There are times when we have to have tough love, like when our babies are two or three and they're about to run out in the street and we have to say, no, do not move. There's a car coming. Right? Sometimes. But as Christians, when we need each other and we see like they did here, Someone fell. They didn't all say, oh, look at her. She fell. She didn't get chosen. She's not as spiritual as we are. She's not as talented as we are. She's not as physically fit as we are. They didn't do that. They recognized that she had value and there was something missing. You're chosen because God wants us to give back. Nasha talked about that this morning. We talk about that when we receive the offering but I believe that sometimes we become so self-centered. I want us to be like Shalom's daughters and Joyeda and Zakur. I want you to read Nehemiah chapter 3. And I want you to see all the different ways that God used people that you didn't know their name. But it was so important God made sure it was written down in Holy Scripture. The second thing I'm going to ask you this morning is, what do we do to help? It's a simple message today. What do you do to help? Help me declare faith when I'm doubting. Help someone declare faith when they're doubting. When they're doubting, oh, this, this job, it's so terrible, it's so stressful. I mean, there's a measure of, okay, I know it is stressful, you're right, but it's going to be okay. You're, I've got a good word for you. I've got a word of encouragement for you. Amen? Build up that faith. I don't need somebody, when I'm doubting, to say, oh, yeah, Pastor Jen, 
you got to doubt. Pastor Jen doubts. I, you know what? This morning I woke up at 445 and the hail was like hitting the roof of my house. It was so loud and the rain was so loud. I actually sent Pastor Rick a message like, uh, I'm not sure what's happening right now. <laughs> He's like, why are you awake? I said, because there's a storm out there. He said, go back to sleep. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Go back to sleep. Everything's fine. I want people in my life that will encourage me. Amen. I want you to be that person in someone's life that encourages. We've had so many young adults that come through here on their university semesters. And I am so moved and touched and blessed by you. Because when they leave, they leave a testimony and they say, this one was like a second mom to me. She invited me over when nobody else would. She helped me when nobody else would. That's amazing. So we build up one another. What does Hebrews chapter 10 say? Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together. Thank you for not giving up today in spite of the weather and the roadblocks and the marathon. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day, the day of our Lord's return approaching. So important that we understand what we do is how we help right? What we do is how we help. What comes out of your mouth is how you help. When you speak life, when you speak hope, when you don't know the answer, there's a lot of times I don't know the answer, but I can say, I will pray with you. I will agree with you that God will give us wisdom in this situation, that the Holy Spirit will guide you. I can agree with you in prayer for that. Amen? You can do that. So how do we help? Only with God's help is that three-stranded cord made strong enough to handle stuff. Don't tell people always. Show them. You could say, I love you and I care about you, but have you taken them to lunch? I love you and I care about you, but let me volunteer to help in a ministry that needs more people. I love you, I care about you, but I'm just going to sit over here all by myself. What if you went and said, hey, is anybody sitting by you? Can I, can I sit by you this morning? See, live stream is so important because we know that it's connecting to people. I know that last week we reached 19,000 people. Last week. Because somebody wants to know, even today, maybe you couldn't make it for some reason. But I want you to know, there are several of you this morning that I, I said a prayer for. You're sick. You can't be here. God's healing you right now in the name of Jesus. And that infection is going away in Jesus' name. Because we have to care about one another. It's not just words. It's not just something that we're saying. God is doing something. And it's powerful. And we need more workers in the media. We need more tech crew. We, we need more singers. We need more band. We need more, we need more uh, hosting team and welcome center kids ministry and teenagers and youth we need all of it because this is not a solo thing not for me not for pastor rick even today he is sharing with the congregation about what god is doing here to say we're not alone we can't do this by ourselves so there might be somebody this week veronica somebody this week that you're going to come in contact with. Veronica has such a powerful, faith-filled Facebook. I love to follow you on Facebook. You always have a word of the Lord. You always have an encouraging scripture. That's awesome. Because people are watching and they're listening. What and how are you helping? 
I want that to sink in because I don't want you just to say, well, don't put too much conviction on me, Pastor Jen. I'm not doing it. The Holy, if you feel convicted, it's the Holy Spirit. I don't convict anybody. It's the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 through 18 says this. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. So if you're doing it, I say, yay, awesome. Please keep doing it. Please keep doing it. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for you. If you're going to live a happy and productive life, you have to take action like Zacchaeus did. He knew Jesus was coming. He ran to the tree. He climbed up in it to get a different perspective. He got down and he said, here, here I am, Jesus. In all my sin, in all my, I stole from people. I took their money, but I'm going to give back even more than I took because my life is changed. Amen. So I want you to understand that I know something. Helping others may not be convenient. It's not convenient always to help someone. Amen? But it is courageous. Helping others may not be simple. It might be complex if you say, okay, God, I'm going to help others. But it can be supernaturally empowered. Not simple, but supernaturally empowered. You say, Lord, I don't, I'm, I'm going to this meeting. I'm going to go meet this one for lunch or dinner or coffee or tea. I don't know what I'm going to say. And then you begin to say, Holy Spirit, change me. Holy Spirit, I need you to flow through me. I need to have a word of encouragement for my brother or sister. And supernaturally, it might just be that somebody finally listened. That they knew I'm not alone. Last week... One of our guys got his documents, and if you were here at the end of the service, you probably heard me squealing because we've been praying and praying and praying for those documents. So we celebrate together when we help one another. Amen? Helping others, though, it may not always be fun. It might not be fun. I mean, I've had people who had to, you know, help in plumbing situations. Kind of nasty work. It wasn't fun, but boy, I need the toilets to function, right? And it sure was helpful, and yet can be so faith-building because now you see the look on someone's face that they recognize, I'm not alone. Somebody cares about me, and they're willing to stand with me in this problem that I'm having. Helping others may not always be easy, but as Nasha said this morning, it will have eternal impact. We are building a legacy of faith for others. And as they go, they're building a legacy of faith. As they go, they're sharing with someone else. I asked my friends to come and help me this morning. Because I want you to see it, to hear it, to read it. What is helping? 
If helping is not convenient and it's not simple and it's not always fun and it's not easy, then what is it? I will tell you that helping is healing. If my heart has been broken, this is healing. And I have somebody who comes and says, Pastor Jen, I'm going to help you and I'm going to stand with you. There is something healing. It's not just for me. Sometimes it's for the other person too. Amen? Helping is healing. Helping is life-giving. When you begin to see that you help somebody, maybe you tutored them, maybe you helped them find a place where they could put their application in, and suddenly their whole life takes a different turn, it's life-giving. I see Solomon playing the keyboards and encouraging and being a young man who loves Jesus. That's life-giving. And it doesn't stop with Solomon. He's doing it at school. Maria leads our dance team and our drama work with Cherry. Helping is rewarding. Did you love our drama this morning? Listen, there is something when you get involved in that place of belonging that it feels so rewarding. I love that I could sit in a service today and know that I didn't have to do this, and I didn't have to do that, and I didn't have to do that back there, and I didn't have to worry about security, and I didn't have, because there's so many helpers. Helping is rewarding. Someone prepared their Sunday school lesson. Someone prepared, prepared the prayer class today. Helping is rewarding. If you're bored or lonely or frustrated, I would say to you, maybe you need to do a little more helping. Because helping changes our perspective. Helping is the better way. This beautiful girl has, has a fantastic testimony and process, don't you? But as she serves, it's the better way. She's in God's house. She's hearing every week and even sometimes on Wednesday when here for practice that God is faithful. And this is her sister here. Helping is a process. Guess what? It's not just a one-time thing. Amen? It's not a one-time thing. We have Thursday morning connect for our women's group. We also have Wednesday night. Men and women can connect group on Wednesday night. And media and music and drama. But it's a process. What if we only did it one time? That's almost like saying, I got my checkbox. This is in my heart, you guys. Those that are sitting, I know some of you can't be there. But if, if you can, I want you to share the live stream, but I want you to get in a body of Christ. Don't just listen, act. Fellowship with other believers. Helping is rewarding. Helping is a process. Helping can be done in small but powerful moments. James, I think it's amazing that you have that sign. You didn't know you were going to have that sign this morning. James is our three-month missionary helper that's here from America. And James has been designated for the time being um, as one of our chapel keepers to help make sure everything's good here. In those small but powerful moments, James, you're making sure that the atmosphere is set in this house. You're making sure that doors are open where people can come in and find encouragement. You're making sure that things are locked up and that we're good stewards of our electricity. Those are small but powerful moments because helping is all of these things. You pick one. You pick which one you want to be a part of. But really, it's all important. Amen? It's all important. Thank you. Can you give them a hand? They're going to go back to youth and kids. Thank you so much, guys, for doing that. I hope it sticks in your mind what helping is. 
Isaiah 40, 29 to 31. Just in case you say, but Pastor Jen, my life is so full. I'm so busy. My mind is so weary. I don't think I'll have time. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31 says this. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Listen to this. Though youth grow weary and tired. Not just the old people grow weary and tired. That's sort of an encouragement to me. Though youth grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain what? New strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Now, listen to me. It doesn't say they will sit and not get tired. It doesn't say that they will sleep and not grow weary, right? It doesn't say that. It says they will run and not get tired. They will walk and not be In other words, they don't stop. So I don't know about you, but if you've ever been tired and you stopped, then you got more tired until you got refreshed, right? You're just like, wow, I didn't realize how tired I was. Or all of a sudden you fell asleep and you're... Two hours later, like, I just took a nap. How did that happen? Okay? But I want you to look at the scripture in Isaiah chapter 40. I want you to remember that it says you have to mount up. Do I have any horse riders in here? I'm sure I have some Texans watching online. Who raised their hand? Horses? No. Nope. I'm the only one? Come on. <laughs> That's why I haven't got to go horseback riding here. I grew up in Texas. You have to mount up to enjoy the horseback ride. And mounting up can be quite a challenge. And the older you get, it's more of a challenge. Because the horse is way up here and you got to kind of, I won't do all that for the camera. But I want you to think about something. If you're going to mount up, it means you are preparing yourself to do something. To get on that horse. To mount up like an eagle. An eagle soars. Right? But God is saying to you, don't sit. You might grow weary if you sit. Don't sleep. You might slumber and you might miss God moments if you sleep. So yes, helping might be inconvenient, but yes, helping is healing. So maybe I have a couple hours where I could have been sleeping, but I say, God, I think you spoke to me. I'm supposed to go be with this one. I'm supposed to send a few text messages back and forth. I'm supposed to encourage this one. Yesterday, one of our precious young people in the media team lost her brother, and she's on a plane back to India right now to be with her family. And I was so blessed because a couple of her friends messaged me. They were going to do one thing, and then they said, Pastor Jen, I can't do that because I'm going to go with her to the airport to make sure she's okay till she gets on the plane. Helping was healing in that moment for her. It was comforting in that moment for her. It was life-giving for her. It was a process because it wasn't just getting to the airport, then you got to wait and you got to get on the train and come back and all that kind of stuff, right? It, was, it wasn't convenient, I'm not asking you to do what's convenient. Listen to me. I am your pastor. I love you. But I know what God has taught me. If I pick myself up and I say, I will walk and not get tired. I will run and not grow weary. I have found that God gives me stamina when I didn't think I have it. Not just physical stamina. Emotional stamina. Mental stamina. Spiritual stamina. Amen? Yes, give God a hand because he knows what we need. You will run and not be tired. And you will walk 
and not become weary. It'll be amazing. In the same way you tithe your treasures, I want you to tithe your talents. I want you to tithe your time. And just in case, I had something else I was going to do today, but then I decided, so get ready, because uh, you got to be able to catch. I'm going to say, just for fun, I want to bless you a little bit. I heard, I'm not going to throw this in because you're a guest, but you look like you might like cookies. Okay, catch. Can you catch? Catch. <laughs> catch. Treasures. Oh, sorry. Okay? Sometimes it's surprising. Ready? <laughs> and then if you get more than you're supposed to have, I know you can catch. <laughs> huh? Come on, Veronica. Catch and pass it back. Pass them back. One more time. Ready? Catch. <laughs> I have some up here. In fact, uh, Veronica, you can go put that at the Welcome Center. They're always wanting candy back there. So put that at the end. You can get your candy at the Welcome Center. But that's what helping does. It's a surprise. Amen? It's a surprise, and it feels good. It's just candy. It's just candy and cookies, but it feels good. I had to go to the store. I had to think about what could I throw that wouldn't kill people, because I'm not the best thrower. <laughs> I was going to do marshmallows, but they're not individually wrapped, and I didn't want to do the germs. So, You know, in the first few weeks of this place of belonging, we talked about those people, that, that list of people that they didn't think they could belong because they were old or they stuttered or they were an adulterer or they were dead like Lazarus and yet God used them. This morning I want to say to you, if you don't know how to help, do this. Pray like Nehemiah. If you don't know how Nehemiah prayed, then read Nehemiah. Pray like Nehemiah. Obey like Daniel did in the face of the lions. Daniel was strong and courageous. Lead like Moses. That Red Sea parted. When we sang that song this morning, there was that part about the Red Sea. I was thinking, what about the Red Sea of trouble? Not just the Red Sea water that was in the Bible, but what if you're approaching a Red Sea and it feels like it's going to flood over you? Can you imagine that God parts that sea and allows you, you know what the song said? To walk through it. Say through it. If you're going through it, that means it's, you're in it, right? You're in it. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you didn't have to be in it. But sometimes you do have to be in it. But while you're in it, you can lead like Moses did. You can serve like Martha. You can believe like Mary. You can fight like David. David was, you know, little compared to the rest, to the big old giant. But he didn't fight in his strength. He said, I come to you in the name of my God. Right? When I'm going to help somebody, I'm not helping you with my strength. I'm not a millionaire. I wish I was. We'd already have five buildings. Okay? I wish I was. I probably shouldn't say this on TV, but uh, I wish I had, you know, like I could write a signature like the wonderful commune people do here when they say, yes, you can build on this land. You can have this building. You can do this thing. I can't do that. But I can pray about it. I can fight like David and said, you know what? I'm not approaching this in my own strength, in my own capacity. Here's something that happens to us sometimes. I think we find Jesus, and then we get strong and encouraged, and then without meaning to maybe, we start trying to do it on our own behalf, on our own strength. And then we get weary 
because we're like, people are just taking advantage of me. I wonder if that coach that Cherry played this morning was like, I got all these people. I got to figure out what this team is. This one's smaller than that one. This one's younger. This one's older. How am I going to know where to put all these people? But you don't fight in your own strength. You don't help in your own strength. Educate like Paul did. Paul was in a prison in this city. If you have never been to the Mamertine prison over by the Colosseum and behind the form, you need to go. It's where Paul was in prison, in chains. But he wrote things like Philippians and Colossians. He spoke to us as believers, like, be encouraged. He wasn't writing that from a place of, oh, I'm the king, I'm sitting in this great place of helping. He was in a prison, but he was educating someone else. Some of you men, I'm so thankful because you are mentoring other men. That's valuable. I have grandsons. I have son-in-laws. And I'm thankful for the men in their life that mentor them along the way. I'm thankful for the accountability and sharing that they have with, with men of God that are in their circles. You need that. We need that. But we can educate one another. On Thursdays and on Wednesday nights when we break down the scripture and what's been said, we have people who have just rattle off scriptures like this because they're helping to educate us. I want more. I want more. I want more of Jesus. I want more of his word. I want more family time. I want more. Noah, if you build like Noah, <laughs> Noah was building when people didn't even know hardly what water was, right? They had never had a flood before. Building like Noah, what does that mean? Have faith, have courage, have a plan. Noah had a plan. But where did he get his plan from? God. It wasn't Noah's plan. Noah didn't build on Noah's plan. Noah built on God's plan, and God's plan didn't make a whole lot of sense to a lot of those people until it was the designated time. Amen? There's a designated time. And so when we build according to God's plan, and we begin to see how God, oh, I see what you're doing now, Lord. I thought it was delayed. I thought you weren't going to answer this prayer. But I see now that in that pause, in that waiting, you were putting this thing into motion and you were setting up this systems in place and you were re removing this person and putting this person there so that it would be a better fit for everybody I see what you were doing God did you ever have that experience at work where you thought ah oh, I wish I would get that promotion or I wish I would and it didn't happen right when you thought it was gonna happen but then you started to realize wait God you had something better for me you had something better for me Something better doesn't necessarily mean a better paycheck always. God will always bless you. I believe that. He will bless our giving. He will bless our lives. But I do things because I'm obedient to the word of God. Educate like Paul. Build like Noah. And who are we supposed to love like? Jesus. Because helping is life-giving. That's what Jesus did. Helping is a process. Jesus is still on that process with us. He said, I'm the word. I'm the word. If you have the word, you have everything. The Bible. Say Bible. The Bible has an app. It's called the YouVersion app. I love telling people about it if you've never had it. The YouVersion app, you can get on your phone or your iPad, your technology. It will talk to you, the Bible. It has lots of languages. I don't know how many. It has little Bible 
studies that you can follow, Bible plans. So as we think about that list of people, put that list of people back up one more time for a minute. These are people that had issues. Every single one of those people on that list had issues, right? Every, every single one of those people could have felt like a nobody. They could have felt like, what could they possibly do, right? But they didn't. They were called to tell everybody that Jesus knows our name. And I want you to believe it with all of your heart. So will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life this day. Change me. Help me, I pray, oh God, I'm going to live for you. Friend, if you've just said that prayer, I can tell you that God has just changed you and has come into your life. Now, I believe that today you may have listened to this and you've known that God already lives in your life. Well, God wants to speak to you and help you. So I'm going to pray a second prayer, and that prayer is for a miracle to happen for you this day. I believe in miracles. I know you do as well. So let's pray and let God touch you right where you're listening to this sermon. Lord, I thank you today for my friend that has heard this message. Lord, I know that they have needs and situations that's going on in their life. And God, you're a big God, and you hear and answer our prayers. So today, oh God, will you hear this prayer from your humble servant? God, will you answer this prayer on my new friend's behalf? Will you heal them? Will you touch them? Will you guide them? Lord, come in right now, wherever they're listening, Lord, and answer their prayer. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. If you've just said that prayer and listened to that prayer with me, I know that God has spoken to you. Would you do me a big favor? You're going to see, scrolled on the bottom of this, a website with an email address. If you said the prayer that said, God, come into my heart, or today you're believing with me for a miracle, I want you to drop us a quick note and say, hey, pastor, I want you to continue to pray for me and my family. You know, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And I'll guarantee you, your best days are still in front of you. So God bless you and join us next week.